you found the podcast where driving matters. Whether you haul, commute, or cruise, we want you to love what you drive. We're here to help you find usability and fun. From first-time buyers to jaded experts, we believe everyone is one great car away from being car-obsessed. I'm Todd. I'm Paul. And this is the Everyday Driver Car Debate. I need to pull up a photo of the new 7 Series. Let's oh. see here. Oh, the, the i7? The i7. Well, it's the new 7 Series. Mm-hmm. The new 2023 7 Series has been launched. There's three models available. In mm-hmm. case the internet has been unclear to you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking at it too, and there are things to say. <clears throat> the 740 comes with the B58 engine. Mm-hmm. That is gibberish and code, but all you have to know is that's the Supra engine. Yep. Same engine out of there. Now it's the inline six, three liter with 48 volt mild hybrid technology, which we okay. like. Yep. We've experienced that in Mercedes a lot. So that is also in the 2022 M240i, the 340i, the 440i. I'll stop it's there. It's from BMW's just shelf of engines where they just... They, they're, shelf I think, of engines. I think BMW has two different departments and one of them just builds engines. Doesn't even know what they're going in. And then somebody that's designing stuff walks in and goes, we'll take that one and we'll take somebody that one. Somebody will come by and want our creation. Yeah, exactly. The next version is the 760i X-Drive 4.4 liter twin power turbo V8 with all-wheel drive and 48-volt mild hybrid tech. That's welcome. Honestly, sorry, side note. I'm wondering how much that 48-volt mild hybrid tech is going to get some of these companies around our entire lineup is electric. That's I think exactly why that's doing going it. to be the trick is Absolutely. that they're not full electric, but that mild hybrid is going to get everybody up over the bar so we can claim our end. Because the, the side note that you've heard on a lot of these announcements is that our entire lineup is going to be electrified by this date. They didn't say, they didn't, <sighs> words mean things, folks. So they didn't say Everything in our lineup will be electric power only. They didn't say that. It will all be electrified. And this 48-volt mild hybrid tech is a, is a checkbox. Keep going. Number three on the list is the new i7 xDrive 60, which is all-electric, all-wheel drive with 536 horsepower, 549 pound-feet of torque. Estimated range is 300 miles, and that includes three years of no-cost charging at Electrify America charging stations. That thing's going to be a monster. It's going to be a genuine monster. It is a monster already. And I have to say, the thing I genuinely love about this is options. I read this in a I'm weird astounded way. astounded by this. And I get kind of excited that they are offering three versions. They are so different from each other. The platform underneath has to be different to accommodate two different gasoline engines. And then the battery on the floor, skate, floor skateboard platform they all have to be different underneath. I, I this like, is massive investment on yes. the part of BMW. And I love that BMW can go out and you can buy yourself a 7 Series if you like the look of it. You can buy yourself a 7 Series <laughs> and you can decide how you want it to be powered. And mm. it could be all electric if you want. That's but you true. also could just say, you know what? I'm good with an inline 6. Which, by the way, that inline 6 is not an unpowerful engine. Yeah, it's and not a dog. 48-volt mild hybrid tech, it's going to feel powerful in and of itself, yeah. let alone this 500-horsepower and torque-plus number that's there in the all-electric. Uh, and, and that 300-mile range with that kind of horsepower, that kicks the Mercedes EQS right in the, in the schnoz. It does. Well, they do have the AMG version of it that's almost 700 horsepower. Well, so yes. Okay. There's that. Nevertheless, from the marketing department, the excessive design... <clears throat> Excuse me. The expressive design features really? created for the exterior of the new BMW 7 Series authentically reflect its place atop the BMW luxury class and the promise of an extraordinary onboard experience, which I am on board with because the interior is fantastic. It's gorgeous. There's a lot of screens, but going there's on. a lot of screens, and it does make the Mercedes EQS look like futuristic spaceship technology. Exterior, anterior, the Mercedes wins for me. Hmm. I think but the Mercedes is quite BMW. ugly, but the BMW pretty much said, hold my beer because <laughs> the BMW has gone backwards in time. We pointed backwards. If you ask a child to draw a car, they draw a three box shape and you'll say, honey, good job. You've drawn the new seven series. It is a fantastically blunt as the marketing department says, <laughs> the vertically prominent front end with a combination of the optional illuminated BMW kidney grill. That's right. The line around the outside of the grill lights up now. Presiding is its centerpiece and two-piece split headlight units. Wow. That's a fantastic word salad way of saying 
blunt front end with beaver teeth and pretty ugly. Yeah, it's it's, it's not not pretty. The front end is not attractive, and the side is Blansville. You look at this from the side, and I do like the fender line over the top of the front wheel arch that then makes a turn and goes all the way to the back as it rises to mm-hmm. the rear bumper. Sure. Yeah, yeah, it's actually yeah. a beautiful line. Sure, but it's on a car with proportions that just say car three box shape. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure. It's mm-hmm. very last century it's old school in every Mm. way in terms of proportion to my eye at least well the screen in the front granted we haven't been in this yet and we we want to be we absolutely want to we want to drive this i'm curious about it in the various different forms i think it's intriguing the dashboard the actual instrument cluster looks quite a bit like mercedes prior mqb or uh mbuck system you know with like the double ipad side by side Mm -hmm. but you know, Mercedes and others have been doing the little LED thin light hidden between two panels that kind of illuminates panels. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. This has this big swath that would have been piano black, so at least that's gone. That's like a constantly <laughs> changing LED swath, a couple inches wide that goes around the cabin, which I don't right. know that we needed that. And then like a widescreen. Have you ever, have you ever seen this? We have a friend. I have to tell about Steve now. Oh, yeah. I can you tell can about, talk Steve. about Steve. Okay. We have a friend, old roommate from forever ago in Los Angeles, and I don't really know why this happened, but for whatever reason, if you ever took a road trip with Steve, he was obsessed, I mean, to everybody else's benefit, but obsessed with making sure his passengers had a good time. This is true. Yeah. He would yeah. wire like household speakers into his car <laughs> yeah. for the trip only squeeze a TV between the front seats for the backseat passengers. And so he took a road trip across the entire... They live on the East Coast. He has family on the West Coast. They took an, a road trip, his entire family, across the U.S. through Park City a couple years ago. And they pulled into my driveway. <laughs> Steve is a fantastic father. They have a beautiful family. He's, they've got a bunch of kids, okay? Yeah. Yeah. It was the four kids and the dog and the wife and a bunch of stuff for them to be on a road trip for a month. So imagine how packed this minivan was. But Steve had mounted the family television. I need you to understand this. The family flat screen, widescreen TV was mounted. <laughs> Out of the living room. Off of the yeah. headrests facing the kids in the back. And he had wired that thing for power. They were watching movies wide screen. Dedicated man. And I have always laughed yeah. at that. By the way, at one point he pulled into my house at Park City and he said, I'm not sure why my battery's dying on my, on my uh, minivan. And I said, really? Really? You're <laughs> not me, sure why? Let me walk you through. Let me, let me, let me, let, let's just take a walk. Let's take a tour through your minivan. But the point <laughs> I'm making here is I thought that was absurd until I've seen the 30-inch widescreen monster television that rivals Steve's creation in the back of this seven series. Yeah. Looking at the dead on front view here. I'm not thrilled. I'm not impressed. It makes me miss Chris Bangle. Boy, do I miss Chris Bangle. That's a throwdown. Chris is doing his own thing now. I think he lives in Italy and he's got his own design studio. I think at his house and he just does whatever he wants. This was Chris, who actually graduated with a guy I used to work for, Richard Holbrook. And he graduated, in, I think, in 81. And then I worked for Richard. And mm-hmm. Richard knows Chris. And Chris was the design guru at BMW who invented flame surfacing. Mm-hmm. And Chris would always make you wear Mickey Mouse ears when you came into his office and you were hot about something. <laughs> or you wanted to discuss something. Chris was known for this. He would make you put on Mickey Mouse ears and then you would, and he would put them on too. You both are sitting there with Mickey Mouse ears on. And you'd sit there and look at each other and then he, he would say, okay, now tell Go. me your problem. Now let's have a discussion. And you can't. You can't. You're wearing mouse ears. Man. You, well, what that does is it diffuses all the anger, but you still have your yes, thoughts. Exactly. But right. it's so you hard to be that angry <laughs> while wearing Mickey Mouse ears. Make you put on the mouse ears. And then you have your little discussion. So this is what he's known for. But I, uh, I kind of miss his flame surfacing because I'm looking at details. Mm. Look at the blocky vertical prow of this sure, we'll go vehicle. With that. Yep. Chris was into surfacing, mm-hmm. and that's what he did. Yeah. And the graphics were secondary. Mm-hmm. Whereas this, the surfaces are okay. They don't seem to be overly sophisticated. They're car-like. 
but it's all about the graphics, the headlights, the taillights, how a line terminates or begins, how it's generated mm-hmm. or how it terminates around the car, the rockers. I can't say I'm in love with this. It's, and then you walk around to the front and I like BMW surfaces from every angle except the front, front three quarter, dead on mm-hmm. front. You walk around the side of the four series. Wow, this is a gorgeous car. Whoa. <laughs> what happened what there? went on up front? Mm-hmm. Yikes. But this is where BMW is going. I love the options of it. And, and I'm fascinated to get in series one. that looks like this. Because you know how the 7 mm-hmm. Series sets the tone that for everything. I hadn't thought about that. You know how the EQS, and now you see the EQE. It looks like a miniature EQS. Think of oh, this. No. The 7 Series, and now we're going to get a 5 Series that's about three-quarter this size. And then I can't wait till the 3 Series, the little blocky thing, 3 Series with the headlights. I can't wait. Okay. That happened. Just to scare you. Mm, thanks. You're welcome. Moving on, we must talk about the 2022 Mazda CX-5 2.5 liter. It's the turbo that we really like. The signature loaded out version. You can't get yeah. more. It's 38 grand with every possible box check, which I, what I like about that is on one level, you think 38 grand. Wow, these things got expensive. But on the other end of the spectrum, you think about it this way. They start at 27. That is everything you can get mm-hmm. on that SUV. Yeah. And Pretty much anybody that competes with it, if you check every box, you almost always break 40. Yeah, I fully loaded, including the destination fee, it was 39 and change. Sure. So we'll call it almost 40, but these are things we recommend all the time, and it came back into our press rotation, and we just spent a week driving it and loved it again. We were reminded once again how much we love the CX-5. <laughs> Guess what? Still good. <laughs> it really is. It's got the sport mode. It's got the off-road mode. Mm-hmm. The engine is very crisp. It's got plenty of power. It rides great, and it's fun to drive, and that's the whole point when people ask us, what's a fun SUV to drive it's old news yeah yeah it's been around like many cars are they're just needing a refresh waiting for the refresh yeah and that's what the cx-5 is now the cx-50 is out mm-hmm. so we're looking forward to driving that but the cx-5 is over here just going right along and it's great and it works for so many yeah, people for sure the interior space the seating the space everything about it is just so good i was reminded how much mm-hmm. i like it it's not a, it's not a category that we love. It's it's I hate to say it this yeah, way. Right. It is the most boring category in vehicles right now. The five seat SUV right. is snoozeville. <laughs> but yet you get in this one and you just go, This is just well done. Agreed. Well, we've got a great couple of debates for you from Tasso K in the San Francisco Bay Area moving down to Phoenix. And then we've got Eric A in San Diego, California, who is bridging the gap. He needs something for the commute. And both these guys need something with good miles to the gallon. I think they might consider electric, but they need help. So let's mm-hmm. dive into Tasso's email who writes to us. He's been a fan of the show and the podcast for several years now. Tasso, thank you so much for writing. That's really cool. Thank you, man. He's 34 years old. He's a blue collar man. He's a union electrician. Okay. Like wow. it. Much respect. With a passion and lifelong interest for cars, he was recently just married, purchased a new home in the Phoenix metro area. And he's moving to this new home in the summer from the Bay Area. So in just uh, Very cool. probably a couple of months. Good for you. Good for you. But the deal is he's had a big commute in, in the Bay Area, but he's still going to have a big commute in Phoenix. And um, yeah, he doesn't have a commute car. He thought he did. <laughs> he thought he did. Yeah. But he has wound up in a 2010 Mazda 3 2.5S hatchback. He had had... A BMW 325i six-speed manual, the 2006, that he loved. He had it from 08 to 2021, and he bought it at 17,000 miles, and he got rid of it 200,000 miles later. He put nearly 200,000 miles on the car himself because of his big commute. He loved that car, and he thought at the time, I should get something with better gas mileage because I love this car, but roughly 23 miles to the gallon is not enough. So he got rid of it, and he bought a 2010 Mazda 3, and he's got less gas mileage. Now he commutes from daily city to downtown San Jose every day. So 85 miles. Okay. His fuel bill every month is positive is north of $600 just for him. Combined. He and his wife for the month of March, 2022 spent $943.87 just on gas. (laughs) <laughs> we haven't lived. We don't know where to sleep. We haven't eaten anything yet. What? We spent $1,000 on fuel. 
Side note, he also yeah. owns a 2005 Chevy Silverado HD with the 6.6 Duramax diesel and Allison transmission. It's had some work done to it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The truck has a tune, a downpipe, a cold air intake, headers, exhaust, and it feels like a torque monster. That's because it is. Well, but mm, I, okay. we don't know how much he drives it, but he says it's a truck that moves faster than a car should. Of course. And yes. he loves it. He doesn't make any indication that that truck is leaving his life. I, I noticed that. I, I'm going to circle back to this truck a couple times. But Tasso, my first question is, you don't tell us anything about how you use that. And I we don't read know. your description, right. and I, I, I'm going to ask this question tentatively. Does that truck roll coal? <laughs> well, you don't have, know. Have you turned it into that? <laughs> Are you really the bane of my existence? Because that's tough, man. It's tough on the rest of us. I understand that those things, the result of that is that I can't believe the power I've got. But the carnage in your wake when you roll coal <laughs> I think some drivers do it on purpose, but other drivers yeah, just are sure. excited to have a truck that goes that fast. But that just sounds like a monster, man. Wow. It is. Well, back to this fuel bill, $943.87, just because you didn't hear that the first time around. Just awful. It's killing them for more than one reason. Because the Mazda is not as economical as he's hoped, he's only seeing an average of 20 miles per gallon out of those four cylinders. And the BMW is better than that. Yeah. Because the BMW, he said, was much more fun to drive. He had daily triples and smiles and grins, and he liked driving it on on a back road. And he said, the little hatchback's fine, but worse gas mileage. You bought it to be better, and it's worse in gas mileage, the thing you bought it for, and it isn't as fun to drive. That's not good. That's why he's angry. Well, it does have decent power for a small economy car, and has given him more experience with a different platform than what he's been used to. Now he has a respect and better understanding of dynamics of a front-wheel drive car and what it has to offer, and he appreciates that zoom-zoom thing Mazda puts in their cars. Which they definitely do. He also wants to be clear that the Mazda 3 is not a bad car. It just isn't the right fit for him. And we do like it. It's yes, just we recommend it all the time you, as well. Your entire purpose for buying it is, I need better gas mileage. And it failed at the one thing you were seeking. This is where he needs our help. He needs a reliable, economic, economical daily driver that's also fun and somewhat an enthusiast car. Mm, okay. This is where he's lost. He says everything that he's attracted to is either too expensive or not economical enough. Mm. And he would prefer something with a manual transmission, rear wheel drive, gets at least 25 MPG highway in real world conditions. And he says cruising at 80 to 85 miles per uh, miles per hour. Sure. You are not wrong. Traffic in California just moves. Yeah. If you're in the left lane, the number one (laughs) lane doing less than 80, you're going to have a line of cars. People will get angry. There are two settings for California freeways, walking pace or 80 plus. Yeah. And, and because if we're building yep. away from walking pace, we're just trying to find our way back to 80 plus. <laughs> there's, there's, exactly no, right. there's no stopping anywhere near the speed limit. We got to get, we got to get somewhere now. <laughs> he likes spirited driving. He wants a nicer interior like the BMW, the ability to achieve daily triples. <laughs> and you're not wrong because if you've got to pass a truck throwing rocks or got to get around somebody it's brief but it does happen when everyone's doing 80 85 passing speed is now 100 i hate to say it but yes that's how it happens i'm not saying it's the right thing i'm saying it's what happens it's what happens he occasionally does the mountain road driving thing but even though he got accustomed to the level of maintenance the bmw required it's been nice to do simple 50 dollars oil changes in the driveway with the mazda the mazda's completely recalibrated you there hasn't it (laughs) Well, as for budget, he would love to say somewhere around $25,000. He'll be putting around 10000 down, financing the rest. And he can hear me now. <laughs> it's no money. That's Charlie mm-hmm. Ross, auctioneer Charlie Ross. He's the man. He, teaches, he teases rich people. <laughs> it's so funny. <laughs> for considering a million-dollar car, really, you're complaining about another hundred grand. <laughs> Come on, you. You're considering a, a million-dollar car. During an auction, when it's yeah. auction fever, with the buddy just fire hosing exactly. the world. Yeah, like, anyway. What are you doing? That's why he says it's no money. Come on. He wants to stretch the budget. Well, he doesn't want to. He, he knows that I will stretch the budget yes, up he's, to 30. He's heard. That's as far as he can go. He'd like the car to be less than five years old and with low mileage for financing purposes. And here's where he's been all over the board when considering new cars. He test drove the 2021 GTI, and he enjoyed it. Okay. It's a good car. Mm -hmm. Shockingly, he thought that DSG transmission was better than the six-speed. I think he's probably right. I think you're right. Yeah. Manual felt unrefined compared to his BMW. Well, yeah, that's where they shine. Although he liked the GTI, he wants to consider all of his options, which include another used 3 Series. Okay. The Honda Civic Si. 
and the new GR86. Mm. But he's got some, some concerns about driving a coupe because he and his wife are planning on starting a family very soon, so he would prefer to have a sedan or hatch with four doors. Sure. So he'd be open to a coupe if it's the right car. Now, the reason he would consider that coupe is because the Chevy is not going anywhere. There it is. Mm-hmm. And it is a crew cab, which leaves it open as an option to be the family hauler in addition to his wife's Nissan Rogue. There's the third car. Yeah, family hauler. is not. You're not kidding there. Okay. Wow. Mm-hmm. He wants to do drive homework, and he's open to different opinions. He says, please save me from my unfavorable day-to-day commute, mm. which is costing him way too much to not be in a more enjoyable car. Yeah, that's hard. If, if you're getting killer gas mileage, and, and I'm going to go there real quick. If you're getting killer gas mileage in your Prius, and gas is as expensive as it is, and you're doing a ton of miles right now, you won. Mm-hmm. I mean, if that's what you're doing is just a commute vehicle. You better be up in big numbers. And at that point, you can give that car. I mean, I don't like giving the Prius a pass, but you can give it a pass because what does it do better than everybody else? Gas mileage. Yeah. Yeah. So it, what are you chasing? You chased that and didn't get it. That hurts, man. <laughs> I want to dive right into the choices here that I've got for you. Love it. And you mentioned the Honda Civic Si. So that's where I started, Tasso. Very the good. 11th generation Honda Civic Si is one we recently drove. We love it. Mm-hmm. It is 200 horsepower from a 1.5 liter direct injection turbo four-cylinder. It gets 27 in the city, 37 miles to the gallon on the highway, and 31 MPG combined. The Monroney states that it consumes 3.2 gallons per 100 miles. Wow, that's excellent. I think that's your car. It, it feels hard to beat, doesn't it? Yeah. Annual transmission, the back seat's enormous. We don't know how they do it because the car is still compact on the outside. Yes, yes. It's delightful to drive. Mm-hmm. It's fun. It's interesting. It's engaging. The vents are cool. It seems, <laughs> I think it's well-built. I was not on board with the 10th generation Civic mm-hmm. because of the rev hang. This one is mostly solved, and we loved driving this thing. I, are you staying there pretty much? Because it's a fantastic place to be. I have a I've few got other it on options. my list, but it's a fantastic place to be. Because, Tasso, you're open to driving homework. I want you to look at the Hyundai Elantra N with 276 horsepower. Mm. It's the performance sedan. It's an engaging enthusiast car, even though we have not driven it, we had it scheduled. And because of some shipping delays here and there, we weren't able to get into that in LA. The Veloster N is on my list, but then I looked at Hyundai's website, Elantra or Sonata hybrid. You could Mm. still consider that because Mm, I mean, you're, you want something fun to drive and you're you're Mm -hmm. still leaning towards commute. Mostly that civic SI is your car, but I want you to consider these. But the other car that is the second place to that Civic Si is the Corolla Hatchback. Mm. The SE gets 32 and 41 MPG, okay? But the XSE, the one I really want you to have with the six-speed manual, Mm -hmm. gets 30 and 38 MPG. So that's still above what you're getting, dramatically higher than you're getting with that Significantly, yes. So I say start with the Civic Si. That's your number one thing to chase. It's going to be just over 30, mm-hmm. but that Corolla hatchback, the XSE, is right in your sweet spot as far as budget, yes. manual transmission. Yes. It's still hatchy and fun. It's just not the hottest thing ever, but I think you'll be fine with that. Watch our review on it. It's the lukewarm hatch. That, is that your list? That is my list. Because your list than mine overlap a lot. There's some extras, but I had the Civic Si, for all the reasons you mentioned, and I had the Corolla XSE hatch. Those were my top it's two. Great, they're they're excellent. Yeah. And I thought you could back off to the SE if you, you know, want a little bit more MPG. But then you don't get that manual transmission. You don't get that electric blue color. The, the hatch is genuinely really good. I mean, that's the thing the SI is lacking as a hatch. But the SI is the SI is better to drive than the XSE. But the XSE drives far better than it ever should, which makes me incredibly excited for the GR Corolla. Yes, I mean, and you called it. You talked about somebody should do a 300 horsepower all-wheel drive monster of this. And we drove that XSE hatch years ago. And Toyota, now, were you listening? It comes, who knows? But Actually, here we do comes. know somebody at Toyota who does listen occasionally. So hello to them. <laughs> I we, do, we won't call them out. I do have two others here in the MPG with some fun category one is don't spend anywhere close to your whole budget get a honda crz okay sure it's a tiny little car which makes it fun it has one you can park it in the bed of your truck yes seriously it has one of the very best six speeds out there it's honda doing its six speed magic yeah yeah. you can get great gas mileage in that car you will spend a third of your budget getting one 
It's true. Maybe half if you get the nicest one on the planet. You get yourself a Honda CRZ. Now, it is not a performance car first and foremost, but it is so little and chuckable that it feels fun. And then I also had this thought. Here's my other one. I I still think the two we mentioned, the Civic and the XSE hatch, are the best. But here's the other one I thought of. You have a lot of BMW love. Get yourself a slightly used Mini Cooper S. Those are fun. Those get high to mid-30s MPG. Yeah, you're going to get great. at least 10 miles per gallon better than you're currently doing, and you're going to be in a Mini Cooper, which is going to be far more fun than your Mazda 3 is. Oh, yeah. So Mini Cooper S, I think that is the blending of your BMW history mm-hmm. and your mm-hmm. need for a fun commuter hatch. I think the, the middle ground of those two, right between the two goalposts, is the Mini Cooper S. That's good. So get that as a use. Gives you a little bit of that BMW feel to but it, too. Tasso, I have a wild card. <laughs> Okay. I have a whole wild card scenario. Oh, do tell. And you're not going to like it, but I'm going to push you on it anyway. Wow. Because you're moving to Phoenix. Yeah. You have a, maybe a family on the way. You're a truck guy. <laughs> I know where you're going. You need better MPG. You have a lot of BMW love. What you're missing in this equation as we're talking it through is a pure fun car. Because you mentioned right up front, you're, you're a car obsessed guy. You like BMWs. You like the fun of your BMW. Here is my twist. You're selling the Duramax. <laughs> I, I knew you, that was you, number you one. Haven't, yeah. You haven't told us why you need it. I mean, you like it. I get that you like it. But but why do you why do you have it? I mean, could it be for part of your job? You give no reason for it other than I have to. this. It's fast and it's staying. I mean, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it stays, period. But I do ask the why do you have it. I do ask if you roll coal. I, I, this is a world that I don't. Unless you have a reason that you haven't told us, I don't see why it's necessary mm-hmm. for your needs. Your needs are changing. So you buy yourself a brand new, loaded out, because you sold the Duramax. I know, horrifying, but hear me out. <laughs> you sold the Duramax. You buy yourself a brand new, loaded out Ford Maverick EcoBoost. The turbo, not the hybrid, the turbo, the all-wheel drive. Okay. That okay. still gets almost 30 miles to the gallon. And then I'm also going to say this to you, Tasso. Already... People are getting excited about tuning those. That's true. You're going to be able to turn that into some sort of monster, but it's going to be faster than people expect, which is what you like about your current truck, but far more economical and probably will cover all of the truck needs you actually have. Not the truck needs you think you have, the ones you actually have. So I'm not talking the hybrid front-wheel drive. I'm talking the all-wheel drive EcoBoost, which is going to be a little rocket ship. I mean, it's like 0 to 60 in just under 6 from the factory. And here and Ford's talking about the ST flavor of that already now. 30 miles to the gallon. Great. Buy that new. Get your truck needs handled. If you need to take the truck for some reason, you're getting better gas mileage than the Mazda 3 you're worried about right now. <laughs> Crazy enough. So that gets solved. You're faster and, and yes. more utilitarian. Yes. Yeah. So you see what I've done there. Yeah. And then... You embrace your BMW love with the money you have left over because the EcoBoost won't blow out your whole budget with if you're selling the truck. Buy yourself a used BMW Z4 M convertible. That's great. And then you and your wife can have fun in Phoenix just going out for a date night, or you can go out on a fun road. There are some actually some surprisingly fun roads hidden around outside Phoenix. We've been on them, and yeah. wow, they're cool. Yeah. You can drive a great – you liked your 3 Series – Imagine how much you're going to like a Z4 or a Z4M. By that, be happy. I know I'm wild card, but that's where I'm landing. Summer is back. Temperatures are warming up. What you need to do is be prepared by protecting your vehicle with a custom fit dash mat or sunscreen from our friends and long running supporters, Covercraft. Dash mats are available in a variety of attractive fabrics and colors and will keep your dashboard from being cracked by the sun. And sunscreens will help you reduce those interior temperatures and help keep the sun off the interior surfaces too. When you're shopping at Covercraft.com, remember to use the code EVERYDAY22 to get a 10% discount and it ships for free. You can follow the link from our sponsors page or go directly to Covercraft.com for high quality covers that keep your car protected and looking its best through all the summer months. Eric A. in San Diego, California, commutes all over San Diego County for work and his average day is around 130 miles round trip. This is the commute podcast today. It really we is. doing miles per gallon. Eric owns a 2020 Alfa Romeo Giulia TI Sport. Ooh. But with his job shifting last year, he is now so far or over the mileage, <laughs> the only responsible thing to do is let his wife take his car from him. Okay. The obvious answer to his monster commute is an electric vehicle. 
especially since 50% of the buildings that he goes to have free charging available. And he lives in a single family home where he could install a charger. Okay. Love it. As far as current EVs go, EVs go, there's nothing he's more interested in or he's nothing that he's interested in that isn't wildly expensive. And half of his coworkers drive white Teslas and the other half half have them on order. <laughs> So a Tesla is out. Just, just, just for the sake of being different, he's like, I cannot be another person pulling up to my work in a white Tesla. Eric, I'd like to personally thank you for yeah, not I, considering a white Tesla. I just or think it's great you're branching out. I a white cool. anything. You know where I stand. But then he says, the new Volkswagen electric bus, which is coming out in 2023, has him extremely interested. They're pretty cool, I have to say. I do too. And I think of any electric car... The skateboard platform works for a bus. Yes. Well, it's essentially the original canoe design was the Volkswagen bus. Thank you for bringing that up. Uh-huh. Because I know that canoe looked at the Volkswagen bus uh-huh. as the, hey, maybe we could do something kind of on top mm-hmm. of that sort of thinking. Yeah. But nobody can do it like Volkswagen. This is their totally. halo car. I hate to say it. <laughs> it is their halo electric. It's You're the right. Beetle. And the bus. And you think Volkswagen halo cars throughout history. You make a great point. You know what this is? This is for Volkswagen, what GM just did with the Hummer. Correct. We have all of this weight of history of what this thing was, and we've just put it out as an electric, and you're going to like it. And we all kind of go, yeah, it looks pretty cool. We saw one of these, two or three of them. I remember on a road outside Los Angeles we were shooting years ago. Like three of them went by, and I was like, when is that coming? Yeah. Finally coming. And I, I, do, I do think that may be the world's most perfect electric conversion. Yes to that, because the original charm of the bus was that flat floor. Yep. It had so much space in there. Ridiculous space. And you were sitting over the wheels, and you had this giant amount of foot room and leg room. It was a flat floor. And then in the back, all the conversions, and then the engine was all the way at the back. It was this charming, great design. We have a mutual friend who legitimately, I'm not kidding you now, was raised on a hippie commune. (laughs) Yes. He's a dear friend of mine, okay? But what's so funny about it is, as car-obsessed as Paul and I are, there is one vehicle in the world that will stop him in his tracks. Yeah. And it is the 21-window van version of the Volkswagen bus. I didn't even know they existed. I didn't care. I I never noticed. It was like another Volkswagen van. He owned the world's worst Volkswagen van at one point, but he had dreams that he would own a 21-window van. And to this day, (laughs) when I see one, I'm intrigued on his behalf because I'm like, that's actually a 21-window van. I had never heard of it. It was like a religious moment once when we saw one of the car show. I could not peel him away from it. I was like, your hippie roots, because he's not that hippie anymore. Right, he was right. raised that way. He's not that way. It was like the hippie roots just dug in for an hour. He was like, 21 window van. You know, this is, this is a 21 window van. I was, okay, easy, buddy. Easy. Yeah, that's, oh, man. I think they're cool. I've always thought the buses are cool. Yeah. But here we are. They can't come fast enough. And Eric, I'm with you. It's the the buzz, the ID buzz. So it's like the bus, but it's the electric version. Yeah. He, he hates the name, but he wants yeah. the vehicle. Yeah. I think they're cool. He says, they were never known for their performance, so the electric drivetrain isn't a loss. Well, look what it's going to do to the performance. Yes, for sure. It's going to transform that into a genuine cool thing, and it won't become an SUV, and it's not a minivan either. Mm-hmm. Even though it's kind, it, it's a little bit in the minivan thing but they have the history to lean on and it's always going to be the bus yep always love it that's great they would be very cool i like that you want one but of course the problem is you need something now so we're buying the stopgap commute car bridging the gap he wants something that won't lose all of its value with an extra twenty five thousand miles on it because he's driving everywhere yeah so until that buzz comes to the u.s Mm -hmm. Which apparently, according to Volkswagen, is 2023 is when new media drives will be available and then they'll be in the dealerships. But Eric, anything can happen between now and then. True. Yeah, yeah. Automakers like to put a stake in the ground, but that is always a moving target. Mm -hmm. Always. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. Now, his budget is up to $40,000. He would like to spend less to hopefully lose less. Current contenders are the Chevy Volt. Volvo S60 T8, plug-in hybrid electric vehicle. The Ford Fusion Energy and the Honda CRZ Mazda 3 hatchback. Hey, we know somebody that's selling a Mazda 3. <laughs> and the Mazda 3 hatchback is not going to be enough gas mileage for you, so we also know that that's out. He's to yeah. the north of you up in uh-huh. San Francisco. Yeah, don't do that. And also the Mini's on his list. He's got a fun car for the weekends. Eric's got a BMW 135iS. Oh, that's the Mini 1M. The yeah. IS is a very cool car. So whatever we choose for him or whatever he gets, mm-hmm. 
doesn't have to be the everything car. It just needs to be the commuter Mm -hmm. until his buzz gets here. I see it. I see it. I like that you're considering, Eric, the Chevy Volt, but the Chevy Bolt should absolutely be on your list despite everything that's happened with the battery recall Mm -hmm. and the madness and the scariness and should I own one? I would own a Chevy Bolt. They're awesome to drive. They're fun. And they are not a white Tesla. And they do everything you need it to do. Yes. Except, I mean, honestly, the biggest the biggest Achilles heel to the Bolt is it's not attractive. It's like a little pug dog. I'm sorry, somebody <laughs> with a pug dog's writing me an angry email. But the, 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 the attraction of a pug dog is the fact that they're so unattractive they became cute again. The Bolt's almost there. The Bolt's still stuck in kind of gangly. Not, didn't quite get cute yet. Until you look over here and you think, oh, the Bolt EUV. Yeah, that happened too. So, I mean, you compare it to something like a Tesla and you just go, that's not attractive. But for a EV commuter, done. I thought about the Ford Maverick hybrid. You just brought oh, it up sure. yeah, yeah. Uh, for Tasso. But this 2.5 liter hybrid has an EPA estimated 40 miles to the gallon city and 500 miles range on a single tank of gas. And because you're worried about losing value or losing something, those are incredibly popular. They're very in demand. Yeah. And I think they will continue to be that way. So mm. I don't think that getting out of it when you're ready to sell it will be too much of an issue. That's probably a good call. Yeah. But the car that I think will stand you out in the crowd is the Polestar 2. Whoa, I'm surprised you went there. Full electric starting at $38,400 after the federal tax credit with an EPA 270-mile range. Hmm. You're in San Diego County, so it's usually warm. You will have that range. You're not going to be dealing with what we do in Park City, which is cold temperatures for Mm -hmm. half the year. Mm -hmm. True. So you'll get most of the benefit out of that range, even though your Tesla friends will beat you. And you'll just be okay with it because you're driving a Polestar 2. It's got 408 horsepower and it looks great. They do look cool, don't they? I think they're interesting. They're engaging and it will set you apart, my friend. This is the automotive equivalent of a cool coffee table book because everybody will ask you, what is that? Mm, interesting. You're an intriguing sort of person. What, what watch are you wearing? And tell me about the car you're driving and (laughs) let's do business. <laughs> Love it. That's very good. It's very good. Eric, I was really struck by the fact that this is a for now car. I kept kind of thinking about what two, two things that you've mentioned. How little of your budget can we spend? That was the first thought I was having. I know that's crazy. And also, what car do I think if you put 25,000 miles on it, the value is going to be like, yeah, it's about the same as it was. Hmm. This was where my headspace was. McLaren F1s? You, exactly. Exactly right. The more miles you put on that, it doesn't matter Who anymore. Who cares, right? Just, so that, that's perfect. It's worth the same. Thank, thanks for listening. Good to have you with us, Eric. No, if you want, I did two approaches here. If you want a gas sipper, a car that just gets good gas mileage, and you can buy it used, and it'll be worth about the same later. Yes, a used Volt is a good answer there. Sure. But you can't ignore two other obvious options in the room, and one is the Prius. The Prius is just, what do you buy it for? You put 25,000 miles on it, you're going to sell it for about the same I can't recommend thing. it on principle alone. I know you don't want can't. to, but, but for what this is needed to be, that absolutely checks the box. And then the other one, if you want an alt to the Prius, is the Honda Insight. It is size-wise between the okay. Civic and the Accord. Mm-hmm. It is the same basic idea as a Chevy Volt. We've driven it. It has the same, the engine sound doesn't match what's going on in the car. It has that same thing. <laughs> Nothing matches anything. It has an amazing amount of room. Yeah. And great gas mileage in the 40s. Yeah. That is another one that you're going to buy it for far less than the MSRP used. And when you sell it, it's probably going to get about the same. So that was my first line of thinking was those three things. And then I thought, wait a minute. I know you have a fun car, but we're talking about a stopgap car for the heck of it to commute it. And you kind of have said a few things in here, Eric, that lets me know that you kind of want to be the oddball guy in this scenario. For sure. You want to be yeah. the guy that, you're like, what are you What are you driving now? Why that? Really? Absolutely. And yes. you are about to go full electric in the fun van. That's true. That's so true. I thought, wait a minute. Used, cheap, good gas mileage, and will probably sell about the same. An NC third generation Miata. <laughs> okay. It's well over 30 miles to the it gallon. It does, yeah. And you'll turn around and sell it for about the same. Interesting. And so does the Toyota MR2 Spider from the early 2000s. Those things get high <laughs> mid-30s. Crazy enough, they do. Both yeah. of those cars are genuinely fun to drive. Both are gas sippers. You can get them cheap. You can sell them cheap. Yeah. You could be the guy driving the fun thing for your commute and enjoy yourself. That's my alt. I went normal. 
But I came back around to that guy drives sports cars, NC Miata, and Toyota MR2 Spider. Love it. You've heard us talk about drive homework because it's vital to drive a lot of things when trying to find your next car. Knowing your options is important. This applies to online shopping, too. You don't want to search just one website unless that site is searching all of the other ones for you. That's why we love Auto Tempest. I know you've heard us talk about it before, and we hope you've already seen how far you can shop with just one search. Auto Tempest pulls from all the top used car sites at once, so you know you won't miss a deal on that perfect car. Autotempest.com. All the cars. One search. In questions on Facebook, Noah just reached out to just say that he likes listening. Thank you, man. He always wanted to write into the podcast. You're welcome to Everyday Driver TV at Gmail. Write us whatever you're thinking. He said it's funny because he just had to trade his 86 for a 2022 CX30 Premium. Mm. I'm guessing there was a life change that required that, but I do want to acknowledge the fact that the CX30 is not a ton more room, but it is CUV world, so I'm guessing you need something like that. But, hey, you had an 86. I think that's cool, and thank you for listening. Benjamin Y. finally saw the new WRX's ungainly body cladding. <laughs> when else do you get to use the word cladding in a sentence? It's always when you're talking about cars. Plus, ungainly cladding is a fun combo, too. That's just more opportunities for sentences like that. And that defined the Pontiac brand until it died, Yes, right? it did. Ungainly cladding. And then bubble buttons. Yeah, true. Everything was a yeah. bubble. I don't know why everything was a bubble. Anyway, yeah. <laughs> cladding architects and car enthusiasts. Well, it reminds him of an early 2000s Toyota Echo. Uh, wow, I wish I could scrape that out of my brain. Yeah, Sorry, that happened. Gray body cladding is okay on CUVs when there's some wheel gap and a look of off-roadiness. But there's cladding on CX-30s and HRVs and RAV4s, but somehow forerunners and most pickups have been able to go off-road with body-colored wheel arches this whole time. So what's up with that? The famous, the famous STI. When you think of an STI, airborne with dirt flying from its wheels in the middle of a rally. I hate to say this, but go look at those photos. There's no body cladding on that car. None. It has metal fenders, and it did just fine in full-on rally. We're seeing a return of body cladding. Mm, Yay. It's called the Toyota BZ4X. Did I get that right? Because it has a companion relationship with Subaru. That's why. Mm -hmm. Subaru has just decided cladding for everybody. The Subaru version is called the Solterra. If you're a linguist, you'll know that that stands for Sun Earth, Sun Sunland, Sun Light Earth. Light. Hey, I'm sure that was focus group, right. and they came away very happy because with it's that. electric. Mm-hmm. And now there's going to be a Lexus version. The Lexus actually looks the best of all of them, mm. but cladding has returned because it does, in consumers' mind, give you a little bit of that off-road feel, and that comes from four wheelers, ATVs. That's a good point. It reminds you of fenders or on the uh, the razors. Yep. The four-passenger razors, yep. the off-roaders. Just these little tiny fenders. Yeah, and good point. Being high contrast in black or dark gray. Sure, sure. Makes you think, ah, that has <laughs> off-road capability or light off-road, which connects to a lifestyle in your mind. Yeah, it does. Yeah, it does. You see, cars and car designers are also salespeople. Hmm. If you can't design an object to be sold for a certain dollar amount, you're an artist. Anyway. <laughs> wow. Separate rant. Separate incoming. Discussion. Be careful. Be careful. <laughs> Tiptoeing. But nevertheless, just a little bit of the, the cladding, the fender arch, the, the rocker, something on the front says that's in a different market. Because the Lexus, guess what, doesn't have it. It's interesting. Interesting, yeah. Yeah. It's being used. I hate that the Toyota Echo is now in my mind. <laughs> but yeah, it's a thing. And that's what car companies do. The design teams lean on that as a particular look to say something about that vehicle that brings in a different buyer. Eric on Facebook is saying, uh, have I been spoiled by owning an electric car? He's had a Chevy Bolt for 13 months and he and his family love it. He said, the only thing we've done is rotate the tires and do a cabin air filter. There's been zero maintenance. He charges it at home, which means he's never stopped at a gas station. He's, he's fully embraced how awesome it has been to own a Bolt. And then he ponders this. I'd kind of like to have a little sports car. I'd kind of like to own a Miata. But if I mm. do, now I'm back to getting gas and having oil changes and worrying <laughs> about tires. And he said, do I want to do that? Can I go back to that hassle, Eric? Let me unpack this a minute. 
Because I, I love that you like your Bolt. We're big fans, as we've talked about already. It works great for your lifestyle. I think it's wonderful. If you are a car person, let me put it another way. If you want a fun car as a hobby, then I think you can embrace the quote-unquote hassle for the reason of it being your hobby. Mm-hmm. Whatever mm-hmm. You're, whoever's listening right now, whatever your hobby is, you know what it has? Gear. And you know what's wrong with your hobby right now? The gear. It's a hassle. I'll give you an example. Stand-up paddleboarding is something my family and I took on about a year ago. And we all really like it. But, uh, speaking personally, I really like it once I'm finally on the board. Because you know what it requires? It requires getting our SUV and all of the stuff that's going to get sandy and the life jackets and the big bags of the thing and the pump. and the. Now we have to drive to the place. Now I have to, because I'm the guy that has to, I have to fill all the boards, okay, which, you know, with the pump and take the time and get the board Oh, they're the inflatable kind. Oh, yeah, because we don't have any other place to store them. Well, then you'd have to get a roof rack. Which would be other hassle. More gear. I do that hassle. I do the hassle of throwing them in the back of the Cayenne, and then I fill them up, which, thank God, we have the the smartest thing I did was buy that pump. (laughs) I would currently be dead somewhere if I had to do it (laughs) myself. But anyway, but I have to pump them all up. I have to check the PSI, make sure that's right. That's got to get fins on it. This one's already covered in muck. Where did the dog just go? This is the reality. Oh, man. Then when we're on the water, love it. (laughs) That hour or so that we're on the water, amazing. But guess what? When I come back, I got to undo all the stuff we did. But whatever your hobby is, you have that list. You want to scuba dive? Talk about gear. Yeah, true. You want a mountain bike? Gear. I mean, if you have a hobby that is some sort of outdoor hobby, it has stuff that is hassle, and you have to decide you want to be over the hassle to have the fun, and I think that's where you are on getting a sports car. Do you want to have the sports car fun? Guess what? That hobby comes with hassle. (laughs) Deer Valley even has summer stand-up paddleboarding lessons out front by the grocery uh-huh. cafe yeah. on the ponds yeah. out there. And so everybody on the deck having breakfast gets to watch the people gets to with laugh their, at the with people. their yeah. dogs doing yoga on the paddle boards. Yes, I do not it have that level of thing. skill. Mm-hmm. I'd rather be watching it because I have seen people go right into the water. Oh, of like, course. And I'll take another sip of my latte. You know what's also really funny about stand-up paddle boarding with the dog is when the dog's not that fond of the water. That's an interesting <laughs> animal all of a sudden. My son's dog is not, he's not sure about water. He loves being with us. He's like, what are we doing? Matt D. on Twitter was offered the chance to drive a new BMW iX for about an hour, he says. And despite going in wanting to dislike it as a small hatchback kind of person, it was absolutely fantastic. It could have a whole beaver face in front and he'd still recommend it. (laughs) Matt, you don't say what you liked. What was Mm -hmm. absolutely fantastic about it was the overall experience, the build quality. Because remember, BMW still has a lot of motorsports history, and they know how to make a car handle well. They know chassis, yes. They absolutely do, and now they're translating that Mm -hmm. to all of their electric offerings. It's just the design department is kind of off in outer space (laughs) doing their own thing, and I, when you have to have your designer, your head of design for the company, put out there in media an explanation of the new design... That's a problem. Mm, when you have to have a higher up explain where you're coming from. Let me tell you why this, this is means. good. It's the equivalent of being in an art gallery and you're looking at a piece and you really don't get it. And you have to have, have the artist come around and explain to you the headspace yeah. or, or the gallery owner. Better yet, the gallery owner has to come by and say, well, you're uncultured. You're unwashed masses. You know, you don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. You're looking at high culture here because... This piece, the reason it's not speaking to you is because of this, this, and this reasons. And here's what the artist was yeah. thinking of. And all you can see is a bunch of garbage this painted happens. on the thing or plastered onto a board and going, I, I don't want that in my house. That's not pretty. This happens with films like crazy. Let me tell you why this film is great. Yeah, but I didn't like it. <laughs> I, I, did, I, don't, I didn't like it. But I still didn't I, I appreciate like the fact it. that you just explained to me all the reasons why your film was really great. But you missed <laughs> the fact that I was supposed to enjoy this two hours of my life, and I just didn't. <laughs> so, Matt, the question back to you is, should electric cars be this good and, and still be ugly? Can they get away with it? Mm. Does BMW care that the sales numbers might be low and they're offering great cars, but... The good part is the owners are in them and the rest of them, rest of us have to look mm, at it mm. and, you know, we're the ones that suffer. Can they be beautiful objects and fantastic, as you say, all at the same time? Should they be? Can we aspire to that standard? What electric car is that? What is the standout in your mind that is beautiful 
and is absolutely fantastic. Mm. Why can't every electric car from here on out not be canoes? <laughs> Less canoes. Raul on Twitter is asking if when I'm driving with my son, do I let him shift the gears? I do, actually. And, That's cool. One of the things that we talk about, though, is I always talk about the fact that unless he plans to drive in England soon, he's shifting with the wrong hand. But <laughs> but we do talk about this. I, we talk about it, and you know, I'll help him with it and be like, okay, we're going to go from here to here, and here's when I need you to do it. We don't do it all the time, but it's definitely something that he enjoys. And I... <laughs> It's that it's that weird thing of parenting where on one level they're, they're okay where they are. You feel like you've got it handled. Another part, you just really wanted to grow up. I can't wait till the kid can drive. <laughs> Brad Martin sends a track daily crush to us. Three cars. The Alpine A110, which we have not driven. Ooh, okay. 718 Cayman GTS with a PDK. So it's the flat four. Sure, yeah, yeah. I'd love it if it were the 4.0. But nevertheless, it's a Porsche Cayman on the list. Mm-hmm. And the new Lotus Amira with the four-cylinder automatic Ooh, i see what you did i see what you did if there's a porsche on the list it's rare that it gets crushed but i'm going to daily that because i'm going to track the lotus sure, that thing looks sure yeah. fantastic in any form mm. and even though we haven't driven the alpine and i think that is a car that intrigues both you and i like because crazy, it's yeah. it's kind of the center point between the elise and the cayman it's <laughs> it a, is it's a lightweight it cayman yeah. and it's a little bit heavier elise. Yeah, yeah. you know what i mean uh, for sure even though we haven't driven it, I think it's fantastic looking. That gets crushed because you're up against a Porsche and a Lotus. See, I don't agree, but I see how you got there. Okay. Because the interesting thing is that Lotus, that's the drivetrain that we've experienced from Mercedes. It's not the drivetrain I would buy. I would get the supercharged Toyota engine with well, the of 6 course, speed. Of course. But this is going to be a monster of a drivetrain. Yeah. It's a really good drivetrain, so I think that's really fascinating. I think... Because this is, I'm getting into my notion now. I'm thinking about how often I track, which is not all that often. Sure. So I would daily the Lotus. Okay, fair I would enough. Just daily that Lotus. Fair I would enough. be perfectly happy in it. I wanna. I would absolutely track that Alpine. I love that it weighs less than the Cayman. It's the different little oddball. I think if memory serves, it's like 2,800 pounds or so. And that, that it, it sounds fantastic. Totally the fascinating sounds by it, all which of these means I will great, end but... up crushing the Cayman, which I know mm. is brilliant. Mm. I just, it doesn't move me. So the other two I'm more intrigued by, so it goes. Ghosty Miata, our friend, writes to us and says, uh, Brian's questionable decisions. If you don't follow this already, it's an Instagram account of a guy with a Ferrari 308 that is driving everywhere. And when I say everywhere, I mean think of the hella lights and the dirt road. He's driving yeah. everywhere. In yeah. fact, the last time he was in Park City, I was on the phone with you at the time. I was in the middle of an errand. You said you saw him, and I went, go I was, chase I him I was down. in the middle of an errand. I couldn't go go talk to him. I practically stood in the street, but I was like, I, hey, Brian, I want to say hey to you, but he, he went by. It was a bummer. But anyway, plus I was driving something innocuous, so he wouldn't have, known, wouldn't have cared to look at me anyway. But anyway, the question from Ghosty Miata is, if Brian's questionable decisions is taking his Ferrari 308 everywhere, what strange, quirky 80s car would we road trip everywhere like, the Arctic Ocean, just everywhere. <laughs> I have one. Okay. If it was possible to maintain it. Okay. All right. I would love, now I can't imagine the money and the maintenance of this, this sentence, but I'm saying it anyway. I would love to be able to take a Countach everywhere you can imagine. Holy moly. You'd practically have to have like a support crew following you because Brian's been taking his to random garages and he fixes things and everything's got dirt in it and that broke and we fix this and i'm incredibly impressed but if i had somebody because i am not mechanically inclined plus the maintenance of a countach is horrifying on somebody yeah but man wouldn't it be cool because the the countach is one of those things it's fascinating to drive but when i drove it i wasn't ever thinking granted we also had the owner with us who was quite on edge but i i I don't think about driving a countach and finding the edges of it all the time it's about being in the experience of it listening to the v12 Mm. being seen in it and there's something about if you're going to go everywhere just like brian is if you're going to go everywhere in the world take something that when it went by people go wait did i just did you see that too (laughs) right yeah that's it's the countach just went that's interesting (laughs) i don't have a car yet I, um, i need to think about that one come back to it Kevin's asking a question. I'm going to answer this from my take on it, but I'm sure somebody out there has got a more official take than this. He says he's heard a few times people calling a car a hatchback and then calling the same car a wagon. He mm, said, are okay. these interchangeable? Are, uh, do they relate to each other? What's going on? The car in question is actually an early WRX. My definition would be this, a small compact car, an economy car that is made in wagon form, meaning that 
shape. It has a, a lift back, is a hatchback because it's small. When I think wagon, I think uh, BMW 5 Series and above, something with a long back on it. It's, it's designed for four big adults and a bunch of gear behind it. And so the back, it's not a rollout from the back passengers. Mm-hmm. It carries mm-hmm. on straight past the back passengers to become kind of more of a, a box going back. It's a two-box design, speaking your language, Paul. It goes back behind the back passengers in a, in a horizontal line for a bit and then has a hatch. The hatchbacks exactly right. almost always roll, roll down from right behind the, the passengers. I would say that is the definition. However, once we as Americans as a group now, speaking of us as one big autonomous group, once we as Americans decided all station wagons are terrible, there became a thing in culture that if it has a lift back, it's a wagon. What day did that happen? Was I sick in bed that day? I that think everybody it related decided, to the vacation I? movies right around that time. We all decided we hated them. Why did we decide this? Because the minivan came along and it was supposedly the savior. But anyway. Okay, so I guess that was 1984. Then. Right, right around the time Great. that people decided they hated station wagons. And even lift back was now terrible. And they're all wagons. Mm-hmm. DRCT or Dr. CT asks which flavor the 992911 would I go with for a daily driver? Is the seven speed manual not the way to go compared to the GT Division six speed? Mm. Sounds like you want a manual, which means you cannot get a base 992 in either Carrera 2 or Carrera 4 mm. because they only offer the PDK in the base model. I would say the base. We looked this up. The Base Carrera 2 992 starts at $100,000. Starts. That's the base price. The base for the all-wheel drive, base, not S, which is still a great car, has a lot of power, starts at $108,000. They're so expensive now. It's amazing that that is a full six-figure car. My mind. There's no way to get a 911 less than six figures. That seems insane, but that's where we're at. You're going to have to start at the Carrera S if you want a manual. But yes... The seven-speed manual, of course, is designed for fuel mileage. You want that extra gear. It's almost overdrive. Certainly, that will save you on gas a little bit, and that's what it's designed for. GT Division, when you're driving a GT car, GT3, (laughs) GT4, you don't care. We're burning gas. We're good. Exactly. KTL23 asks the equivalent to a lifeguard for first-time buyers standing on the edge of the diving board into the pool of Porsche. (laughs) We've got the Porsche weeds. I love it. It's funny. CPO or pre-purchase inspection? Or should he accept his fate and let me hold my head down as he drowns into the blissful abyss of a flat six noise, <laughs> exquisite handling, and eye-catching styling for the rest of his driving life? So I you mean, say you want a Porsche. I, Got I'm going to help out. I, I'm not going to stand back. I'm going to be an active participant and pushing you into the pool, indeed. But the equivalent to a lifeguard, I think you're asking for the car before that pool of No, Porsche? I think he's talking about what's the safe entry. The like the you can feel protected and safe entering the pool of Porsche mm. with this car. That's that's how I read that at least. Oh, that that might be right because I was going to suggest a GR86. If you're looking for the car to prevent oh, you like from Porsche going adjacent, into the pool, Porsche adjacent GR86 I or maybe a Supra, <laughs> sure. but that's okay. the car that is still so fun that would make you think. Mm. You know what? I love it so much. Maybe I don't need or want a Porsche. That's, maybe maybe that is the approach. That's a good that's a good answer. Maybe. I like that a lot. Yeah, yeah. I like it so much. Mm. Mm. But if it is the car that you think we'll always have the parts, the service, the knowledge, yeah. tribal knowledge. Of course, Cayman or 911, now you're just going to have to decide what your budget is because that will determine which flavor of the Cayman or 911 you get. Yeah, that's true. Revs Up also said, when we were talking about applying for a Webby Award, we've got a TV show. Yes, have we have we submitted for an Emmy? Can you imagine? I... And the Emmy goes to... I don't even know how you do that. You and I would be like, what? Those two idiots that make that car show. That's that's really the answer on that. Emmy what? I I have never... Look, I appreciate the comment. I have never, ever had a moment where I was sitting around going, you know, how do we apply for an Emmy? Never. However, I will say, I do know because I worked on a show once that was a local show out of, I think, Tennessee, if memory serves, that won a local Emmy. So I know you can also get local Emmy. We might have a shot at a local Emmy. I didn't think about it till this minute. What Somebody's going to send me the website, how to submit yourself for an Emmy, which is a weird sentence. And then is it just to like throw in people's faces like we won an Emmy because of the reason? And we because, No, because now what you what get you to in it? conversation, you get, you get to say, well, we are an Emmy award-winning TV show about cars. Oh, right. You know, on that rare moment when I wear a suit and I have a serious conversation, that, that moment, you know, when I consider shaving my head so, because I just don't look right for the room. So never. That moment. Is, yeah, exactly. Is never. What you're talking about. We would be, yeah, Emmy Award winning everyday driver. Sure. <laughs> Martinell on Facebook 
for the last question here says when evaluating a car what is the order of importance for the following mm. off the line speed cornering ability steering feel and exhaust note mm. it really is a trade-off between cornering ability and steering feel for me mm. i have a car that corners better than the steering feels uh, that's okay. the cayman gts yeah 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 even though it's a close sure yeah but i admit the car corners far better than the actual feedback that you're getting. Mm. So for that, I really appreciate it. I do like it. BMW M2 is in that same category. Sure, sure. But swapping that would be the Avora GT. Mm. It corners really well, but you're feeling it far There's more tons than its of cornering info. ability. Oh, yeah, it's crazy. There's cars that can actually do it a little bit better than the Avora GT as far as cornering ability. Yeah. But the steering feel the is involvement special, nearly untouchable. Yeah, it's really special. So I'm back and forth huh. between those two, but off the line speed, I don't care. And the exhaust note, I think that's just a lovely byproduct of the car that you love driving. I'm actually going to agree with you. I feel quite, quite similar to that. That's good. Awesome guys. Thank you so much for all your questions. Everyday driver TV at gmail.com. We really appreciate it. Topic Tuesdays, car conclusions, and most of all your car debates looking forward to next time. Cheers, everyone. <laughs>